Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. Don't you love to be in a prophetic house and you don't have to understand it, but if you participate with it, it's power? I love to participate with just whatever he's doing because it's power. And I don't even understand it, but sometimes, even like when Judy was saying that about the David and throwing the stones and the song, I just sing what they're singing and say what they're saying and just let him write the definition of it. And so, you know, how good are you at partnering and participating with the presence? Let me say that again. Have you trained yourself yet to participate and cooperate with the Holy Spirit? You know, Teresa talked last week about, um, she heard, are your ears connected to your comfort? Have y'all given that any more thought? I think uh, even another thing we could say in, in that vein today would be where are your ears connected to your comfort? You know, there is an active, alive, moving, powerful Holy Spirit that has a lot of activity and we want to be able to hear what he's saying and so it's true you know our ears can get stopped up our ears can hear a distorted voice we have that capability but we also have the capability and the power to tap into the voice of the Holy Spirit and to hear him accurately. So where are your ears connected to your comfort? Holy Spirit, show us where. Show me where I change what you're saying and doing according to what I want. Where is your soul rejecting or not cooperating with the living God's holy influence in your life once you're born again? You know, this house might be different than other houses because other houses you could probably just, maybe if you wanted to, you could just attend, but this is a training house. This is, this is kingdom training. How to cooperate, how to function, how to move, you know, how to apprehend, how to pursue his presence and his power for his glory. And that makes a life well lived right there.
Where does your soul get in the way of obedience to the Spirit? Holy Spirit, show me where. He's going to be showing you. Is it a way of a thinking that you're attached to or a bad habit you're in a cycle with? Is it a hardened heart who resists the sweet promptings of the Spirit? You know, there's one thing that I want to do today that I feel like is his emphasis is he is wanting to remind you of the power access you have with the Holy Spirit and how that can influence and affect every aspect of your life. That's my goal today. I'll just tell you that up front. No hidden agendas. That's the goal. In Colossians 1, 21 and 22, this is the new century version for those who are doing notes because that might be hard for you to find. So I will tell you all that too. I'm giving you all the goods today. At one time you were separated from God. You were his enemies in your minds. Say, in my mind, the way you think. And the evil things I did was against God. But now God has made me his friend again. He did this through Jesus' death in his body that he might bring me into God's presence as people who are holy with no wrong and nothing found of which God would declare them guilty. So see, we need to be living a new way. Not the old way. So my point with that scripture is that at one point when you are away, you're an enemy with God and you learn some things. You picked up some stuff. While you are away, separated from God, you picked up a way of life to function that is not God's way. It's just real simple. Now that we've been brought near, we must exchange old ways and old thoughts for God's ways and God's thoughts. If you think, you know, that you're just wanting to pray the prayer and, you're, and then you're done, you're missing the whole point of the great adventure. You're selling yourself short of an experience. So I kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit today about the parts of you. Kind of wanted, I know we've talked about it a lot in this house. We've talked about it many times and we've gone over it and over it. But I think his emphasis is he wants us to look at it again. Let's look at you. Let's understand you and how you work. Because the goal is in understanding you and how you work that you will cooperate more with the Holy Spirit in you. So we know that we're a three-part being. Do you know what those three parts are? Go ahead and shout them out. We, I like to say it's spirit, soul, and body, but yes. 
I like to rank them according to, you know, priority. But yes, those are the three. What is your soul? Is it the same as your spirit? And do you know the difference and does it matter? Thank you. We got it. We got someone who's saying it matters. It's a big deal. It matters. Understanding the relationship between the spirit, the soul, and the body is what causes you to live victoriously. If you are unaware of that, you could be calling your soul your spirit. You could be calling that old way of thinking that you picked up while you were away, you could be calling that God's voice. Right? And so it matters. And so as we look at those, you know, the difference is that Christianity isn't just another religion of you studying somebody's works or teachings. It is a powerful life that comes in with a God breath and it completely changes your design until you're metamorphosized to look like God. A little bit of a difference. And so he wants to make you aware of what you have so you will cooperate with it more in the functioning out from the core of your spirit man through your soul, out through your body and contacting the world. You know, I love that it says that when you're born again, this is John 3 for people who, who don't know that scripture, but when you are born again, it, Jesus said you must be born again. You had a natural birth, and you need a spirit birth because God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And so you want a spirit birth so you can look like your daddy, daddy God. Right? So I love that when it says, when you must be born again, I love that it causes that activity that happens of the spirit that comes into the core of you, of your human spirit, and it causes you to come alive. It's called a planting of the sperma of God. So divine God, in all of his awesomeness, takes a part of him when you say, oh, Jesus, thank you for removing all my sin. Would you be my savior coming to my life? Here comes the sperma spirit of God into the life of you. And that means a new creation begins to grow. You immediately have implanted within you the divine nature of God. You have the ability to display and distribute the divine natures of God. Which I think that's kind of what our book that we're reading, Apprehending Identity, is trying to say when he's saying, as Jesus is, so are you. So are you healed? So are you filled? So are you whole? So are you powerful? Just like Jesus is, we've got to get that because it only happens because of the goodness of God says that I want to give you the sperma of me and plant myself in you and see what beautiful thing grows out of you. It's very, very, very powerful. Love that that happens. It takes on God's nature. Once that happens, 
then what do you feel like should immediately be the process in your life? Because everything's going to change. It reminds me of that shirt, that chosen shirt. I was going one way, but now I'm going the other. I don't know really what happened. All I know is that God was involved in between. So something happens there. So what's the new process whenever the sperma nature of God takes up residency in you? Thank you. You can say it. Survey says. <laughs> you should immediately start the process of changing and maturing your soul. Right? Why don't we go ahead and put up Venton? Um, can we put up the target picture? Let's just go over this again, then we're going to cover some new ground, okay? Spirit is in the center of you, the core of you, the main part of you, the depth of you. It is, I'm going to say it again in case you missed that, it is the depth. It's your ability to have spiritual depth. And so when you're born again, he comes and he plants his spirit in you, and now you're a living spirit. You might have had a living human spirit that you were alive, but now you have his spirit deposited in you, and now you have God's living spirit. Now see where that is in the center there? I like that it's purple, don't you? That was T-Rog, she did that for me. So it's in the center of you. It's the ability for you to know God deeply. I could stay there a while. He gives, that's such a gift of him to give you himself. I heard him say that today. The greatest gift I give you is myself. The greatest gift that I give to you is me. I give you me. I give you me. I give you me. I like that. And so he gives us him in his spirit, and it is in the depth of us or the core of us. And of course, uh, around that spirit man functioning is the soul. The way you think, the things that you want, the decisions that you make, uh, your emotions. So as you look at that picture, and then of course, you know, all of that's housed in the body. So you could say, I have a spirit, I, I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. That's what you could say, right? I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. Now, two-thirds of that is intangible. Right? One-third's just your container. <laughs> Trying to keep, keep all that together. That's, a, that's, a, that's some work right there for some of those bodies trying to work with those big souls and that little spirits in there trying to enlarge. So spirit, the depth of you, the center of you, you have a soul, which is the way that you process, the way you think, the way you store memories, the way that you perceive things. And so 
you can see probably from this picture already, it's your attitudes, your feelings, your emotions, your memories. There's a lot to process right there, isn't there? I mean, can you, have you ever felt that? Boy, fuck, there's a lot to process right now. Emotionally, I got a lot going on. I mean, have you ever had one of those moments? You got to go deep in there and say, oh, Holy Spirit, come on up here. Let's work this thing out right here. You know? And so there's a lot going on in the soul there. But that's why God's so good. He planted the deepest thing that you would need in you, which is his spirit. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. I have another question here. So when you look at that and you kind of see where you are right now in your walk, who's in charge? What part of you is in charge? You know, we're talking about the covenant of obedience, aren't we? Is that what we're talking about? We're talking about the covenant of obedience. So we're talking about you have everything that you need to obey because you have divinely implanted within you the nature and the spirit of God. So it it should be a given that that should have a divine influence functioning in your life and it should show up in the way that your soul functions. Right? So who's in charge right now? Are you mainly driven around and tossed and pitched around and spend most of your days and your time dealing with your emotions and your memories and your attitudes, trying to just get those in line? Or is your spirit in the lead? Is it in charge? Or is your body in charge? I'm tired. I want to eat anything I want to eat. I want to eat 14 donuts today. You know? Who is in charge? Think about it. Just ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit in my life, who's in charge? Then my next question is, who do you want to be in charge? And if there's a difference between the two, you can say, Holy Spirit, help mature me. You know, I would really love to see us begin to uh, develop and cultivate more and more just an awareness and a appreciation and a cooperation with that presence within us. I really would love to see us do that. Until we are fully manifesting the Holy Spirit's full desire and will. Mm -hmm. 
So once you are born again and the spirit gets deposited, you should immediately begin a process of eradicating the old and putting on the new. I love that it says put on the new. Don't you put on the new man? So it's kind of like, you know, when you get up in the morning, you got to decide what you're going to wear. Okay, I'm going to put this on. No, it's too cold out there. That short sleeve, I'm going to put that back. Oh, that sweater's too thick. Mm, that's going to be hot. And then you find just the, just the right weight for the day. You know what I mean? You, you're making these decisions on what you're going to put on. And so we want to, and, and again, I don't ever want to get away from, in my opinion, the deepest, most intimate part of you, once you're born again, is the spirit man. And from that, that's why he says it's a well of living water that once you drink of it, you can drink, drink, drink as much as you want. You can continuously drink. That well will never be shut off to you until you are a fountain of living water springing out of the inside of you. And so who is in charge really is the question. Because who is in charge determines your ability to be obedient, in my opinion. If you haven't trained your soul, then it is just this wild buck and bronco just charging all over the place instead of you harnessing that power to direct it with the wind of the Holy Spirit. Same thing with your thoughts. You know, absolutely nothing is wrong with your spirit man. He's perfect. I mean, if you got it from God, right? And it, it's an incorruptible seed in you. And he planted it in there. Then that means that you have everything spiritually that you need to draw on to live. How are we doing with that? Where are we going to? See, all of these things, I don't know if you can hear me today or not, but all of these things determine your, your obedience. It determines the power functioning in your life. It determines who you're going to for help. It determines who you're relying on. It determines who you're faithful to and that you're, you're looking to. I mean, it determines everything. So who is in charge? Is it your body? with all of its appetites? Is it your soul with its incorrect thinking or emotions or memories that are stored there that you haven't processed with Papa? Or it is your spirit man? So, I mean, I just kind of want to look at that because it's really a big deal. You know, God says that you can be, this is so cool, that you can be completely transformed by changing your mind. How are you at letting him change your mind? How are you at, instead of telling him your opinion, your high opinion about everything, saying, how do you see it? 
You know, if you're going to have transformation, it's going to come through a changed mind because you function according to what you believe. What's in there makes decisions. Right? So you've got to be completely transformed by renewing your mind. So I would say the process that you're in right now currently of on a daily basis renewing your mind by the word of God and by the friendliness of the Holy Spirit while you're reading the word of God, that would, be, that would determine how much you have been transformed. See, what we do is we get into this Christendom through the door, but then we just stay there. We stay at that maturity level. We stay at that thinking level. We stay at that attitude level and that emotional level. We stay at those levels. And I'm just saying that I think it would be really great to begin to fully our whole entire lives because he's you're never going to run out of things that he wants to show you. Just to be a constant learner. I am a constant learner of you. What do you want to show me today? Be a constant learner. And so what's cool, you know, we've heard that scripture a lot. We've talked about it a lot, right? Be, you know, Romans 12, 2, be completely transformed by the renewing of your mind. We've, we've talked about that. But have you ever noticed that that word appears two more times in the New Testament? Because that helps even give that even more strength. And so in the transfiguration of Jesus... He was transfigured. That's the same word. So Jesus in his human state, he's like us. He's God and he's man, but he did not uh, function from his godness. He set it aside. So he's functioning as man. And the way that he drew on his relationship with the Father and the Spirit caused him to be transfigured. You know, that's just a foretelling of what you're supposed to look like. Because he led the way, right? So that's that kind of um, runs alongside with the scripture that you're changed from glory to glory. So you see these three, they all three go together. They're all three communicating that God's presence is in you should be transforming you in such a way that you look like Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration and then you look more and more and more and more and more and more glorious. I mean, we should expect that. And so whoever we're sowing to is going to either cause us duress in that process or it's going to cause us to prosper in that process. And so let's go back to uh, Romans 12, 2. When he's saying be transformed, that means that he is trying to implant his word in you. 
I mean, there's a million scriptures, we don't have time for all of them today, but where he talks about, you know, go to the mirror of the word, look at it, see where you are, see what you want change in your life. Where do you want that? And as you do that, then you don't just walk away and you say, yeah, really, I'm off there. Oh man, I'm really off there. Gosh. You know, you've got to go to the deep part of you and you've got to draw on the power of the Holy Spirit in your life and bring him into that through humility and surrender and an invitation and a pursuit of changing the way that you're seeing it. So it says, uh, let me see if I can find that scripture real quick. So, you know, the, the battle really here is the soul, right? Your spirit's not in a war. It's perfect. It's communion, communing, it's happy, it's full, it's hearing things from God. You know, it's not in a struggle. It's your soul that's in a struggle with your spirit. It does say, you know, the... The soul can war against the spirit and the spirit against the soul because they're in conflict. They're not having the same agenda. So what if you just got this, the same agenda as the spirit? Just get the same agenda. Quit being at war. Just get the same agenda. It's, I mean, you know, it's, he's made a way for all that to happen. So you are spirit-sustained, spirit-trained, by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. So I'm going to say this again, and please forgive me for saying it over and over, but maybe it'll stick if we keep commun communicating it. Where, who's in charge? As we keep asking these questions, and we know really what's important, and we're thinking about how we're cooperating with that, it's easy to figure out who's in charge. How much are you looking in the mirror? I mean, wow, when I think about, not to do a history lesson or anything, but when I think about how God wanted to communicate and for us to know him and how he protected the living word of God, the written word of God, all the way through all of these ages for us to have in front of us I mean, wow, that's, he really wants us to know him. And it says that you should, in, you should receive the implanted word of, God, word of God into your soul. It says it's about your soul. You should receive the implanted word of God into your soul until it's saved. Sozoed is the word it says there in the Greek. Completely whole, completely saved, and completely delivered. You, can, you have the capability to have right-mindedness. And so, you know, if we're frustrated in our walk, we might need to look at what we're doing or not doing or how we're doing it. But we, we want to implant that word into our soul. And I really, really love that because it has the ability to heal, yeah. to deliver, and to free you. Yes. So I kind of really want you to think about that process because it really is the soul that needs some work. Mm 
Because when we are away from God, we picked up some quirky mindsets and some attitudes. And so we want to implant that in there and give that a chance to grow. I mean, that makes sense, doesn't it? Just think of your soul as being soil. Your, your thinking, your emotion, just think of your soul as being soil. I want to grow something really good in there. And what it takes is it takes a seed of God, a seed of the word in there. And if you will take that, I'm just going to use this as like a paper Bible. We don't have paper ones much anymore. But we have that, and I take that, and I read that. And I'm not just talking about just reading it. I'm talking about implanting it. You know we do that. We do that pitiful, lazy thing where we say, oh, I did that process. You know what I mean? It's not a living process in us. It's a formula to get something. And God will not be used. He is holy and beautiful and lovely and full of glory. And if you're going to want to receive from him, you're going to have to approach with some meekness and some humility. And you're going to have to really just communicate to him, I long to know you. If you communicate that, you'll have growth. So it says that you should be in your soul. If your soul is in charge, then what you would need to consider so you could be in the covenant of obedience and find joy of being in the pleasure of his face, then what I would do is I would begin to cultivate the activities that I have with the Holy Spirit, the thoughts that I have about the Holy Spirit, and I certainly, without question, would take advantage of planting some seeds in my own soil until they are implanted. You know when you have an implant, that it becomes a part of you, like, like a tooth. Have you ever seen those tooth implants? Those are amazing. Isn't it weird that bone is living? That's weird, isn't it? That's so weird. <laughs> And so, you know, you can take out the bad tooth and you can have an implant on a tooth and you can plant it into the bone. And it becomes implanted into you and it becomes a part of you. That is crazy, isn't it? And so that's what he's talking about. He's talking about that you are looking into what he says. I'm looking into your word. I'm saying, I'm, I'm coming to your mirror. I'm looking into it. I'm working it out. Let's just go another step further for some of us who need it. We're not just reading it. We're reading it. We're surrendering to it. We're inviting the Holy Spirit to come and cause it to grow. And then we are taking our soul and we are causing our soul to come up to the word and to implement it. So if you're only reading... But you're not asking for the breath of the Spirit to show you what it means, and you're not implementing it. I'm sorry, but that's a broken process. And so, you know, honestly, it takes a lot of reworking to break bad habits. And so how long can you look into something? Because if you look long enough, you're going to be changed. 
So really what I'm talking about today is I'm talking about the covenant of obedience through determining who's in charge and really pushing into that spirit of God within us having his way. He really wants to speak to you, to minister to you, to reveal things to you, to journey with you. He really, that's his job. He really wants to do that. So we've got to make a decision that it's really for life. It's not that we're just trying to use God to feel better and then we're not going to meet with him any prescribed way. Do you know what the Word of God says? That God gives you a, a divine prescription. Have you ever had a prescription for anything? You've got this, and this could help you with that. Right? It says that He has a divine prescription. So any condition that you're in, that spirit man right there has the divine prescription for freedom. But you know, we have to cooperate and participate. I mean, there's so much to be had. Let's see, where do we want to go? Oh, yeah, I love this scripture. Oh, goodness. You know what happens um, whenever you do not, whenever you're born again and the, the spirit, the sperma of God becomes alive in you and it's trying to find expression. Whenever we don't manage our lives toward cultivating that, then we get a little, we get dull and hard and dry and insensitive. You want to just call it cold? You get cold. So if you're in that condition, then I'm just saying that you're, you're going to have to wake up because you've got that spirit man that will help you. But let me just, I love this scripture. James 1, 21 and 325. This is going to be the TPT for whoever's doing notes. So this is why we abandon everything that's morally impure. It's really talking about the things our immature, immature soul chooses, right? Wouldn't you say that? And all the forms of wicked conduct, instead with a sensitive spirit. Whew, I love that. How good are you at keeping your spirit sensitive? I'm just saying, you know, that soul, we can have some, get some attitudes that we lose our sensitivity. You know, we can have some events that happen that we see them distortedly because we're probably looking at them selfishly. And then we get into these weird places emotionally, yeah. right? And so it can cause you to have insensitivity. But he's saying right here, Abandon all of that. See, it's, you just got to pick a track. You know, just pick a track. If you're on the world track, you're going to get the world stuff. If you want to get on the God track, then pick the God track. 
Invest in time in his presence. Invest in his word. Invest in being aware of his Holy Spirit. Invest in doing the word. Invest all of those things. Get on the right track. It's just real simple. Pick a track. Instead, with a sensitive spirit, we absorb God's word, which is implanted within our nature, gets implanted in there, gets implanted in our nature for the word of life has power to continually be in operation and deliver you. I can't tell you how many times I've been delivered from a bad attitude or a bad thought or a bad outlook because I had read something that morning and I ran into it that day. It's that's that healthy little tweak that you need. You kind of get a little off-centered sometimes. It's that just that little tweak that we need. But if you're not looking into that and implanting it in your heart and getting that nature, I'm just saying if you do it long enough, it changes your nature. So we want to see... Do we have a sensitive heart that when something is said by God, that it can find a planting in me? That's really, really important. Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. See, now he's getting down to it, isn't he? He says, there's some people that like shortcuts. Don't just listen and not respond, for that is the essence of your own self-deception. You're personally partnering with deceiving yourself. I'm going to deceive myself today. I'm going to trick myself. I'm going to trick myself today. You know, I'm, I'm going to listen to the word and I'm going to say, yeah, that's me. No, you, you better be listening to that voice of that Holy Spirit that has the true incorruptible nature of God to interpret what's going on in your soul. So always, you say always, always. How often is that? Always. Should look that up. Always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. Your life and the way that you're living it right now reveals so much. It reveals where you are in your process. Whether you're taking that posture of meekness and surrender where you are looking into the awe-inspiring wonder of God in his face, whether you're commanding your soul to be at rest in peace and set in his presence and get calibrated, whether you are looking into the holy word of God that has the ability when it's implanted to save you and to deliver you. Your process that you're currently doing is revealed by the life you're living. So if you listen to the word, but you don't live out the message you hear, you become like the person in the mirror of the word who looks to discover the reflection of his face in the start. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and you forget your divine origin. That's what happens to us, isn't it? 
See, that when I'm talking about the word, some people might be hearing it with the ears of religion that I really don't want to read the word because I don't want to see all that's wrong with me. But what he's saying right here is whenever you do this with the right sensitive heart and you bring yourself to him and you're looking into the word, that's what he's saying right here. When you perceive that, then you will go out and you will forget your divine origin or your design. He reminds you of who you are. That's what he did today. Let me just remind you of your divine design. You have a tongue. When you speak with your tongue, it creates something. Let me remind you of your, de your divine design. That's helpful. Because we, sometimes we get a little relaxed or we just say what we see. And so well, that's what he's saying. That's what I'm trying to do. Whenever you're looking in the word, it's really just establishing you as who you really are. It's, it is strengthening and giving you a foundation that you, are, you begin to really wear who you are. And so we've got to get that implanted. Those who set their gaze deeply. See, we can determine this. If you're not good at this, then the more you practice, the better you get. So some of us say, well, I'm not as far as Judy with having his presence. You know, we, we, we'll, we'll do that. And so then we'll use that as an excuse to say, well, I'll just sit down here in the pity chair. Well, you sure you can, but who's in charge? So I'm just saying, wherever we are, we're all at different places, wherever we are, every single person on the planet has room to know him more. It really is just, when do you want to start your journey? If you haven't started it, when do you want to start? When do you want to start looking into him every day? When do you want to start disciplining your soul to make it set down and to listen. That takes a little bit of time. You know, it says uh, that process, I think it's Psalm 131, where it talks about, like a mother with a newborn baby, surely I have weaned my soul. Have you ever weaned a baby that's used to the mama? <laughs> Made me think of Cyril and that puppy. But... You know, it has um, it has this connection that it's been feeding on your soul. And as you began to wean it, to say, hey, the God thing's right here. I don't care if it's only five, ten minutes. Hey, this is what we're doing for five, ten minutes. This is what we're doing. You know what I mean? Whatever you can do, start your journey somewhere. You'll be amazed how much he'll come along and meet you on the journey. And it's not that he's not there in the beginning, but it's just that the soul is so loud that it hasn't got quiet enough yet for you maybe to hear everything he's saying. 
But I can guarantee you, just like that Psalm 131, if you will wean your soul in these ways long enough, that soul screaming and crying and having a fit will finally find a resting place where you can really start to hear the sweetness of his voice. So if you're not there, start somewhere. Those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear, and they are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessing in all that they do. If you really want to prosper, then you're going to have, you get to determine who's in charge. And if you want to prosper, it's saying, hey, let's take some time. Let's don't let the soul be in charge. Hey, spirit, hey, let's do this. Let's sow to the spirit. Let's sow to the spirit so long that it begins to move out into my mind, my, my way of thinking, into my emotions into my will, the way I determine that I've got to have or not have something. Let's do that long enough that it begins to find its way out through our soul, through our body, and contacts the world. Um, Vin, can y'all put that other one up, please, sir? I drew that this morning. If you play Pictionary with me, you know that's not true. I got a little help there from my friends. Spirit of fire. There's a spirit of fire. The spirit of God is a fire, man. It is alive. It is wanting to show you things, minister to you, do things, partner with you, cause you to have joy and success. Oh, my goodness. The spirit of fire is what we want to sow to. And then we see our little soul there. She's got a lot going on. My emotions are everywhere. My thoughts are here and there all over the place. Oh, my goodness. My heart doesn't even know what to do. It is confused. My heart is distressed. Look how cute that little body is. He's got his little brain up there. See that? (laughs) So the goal is that the spirit of fire in you and the way that you're nurturing it and cultivating it and partnering with it and cooperating with it influences every aspect of your soul, every aspect of your body until it contacts the world. So I'm just saying, man, I wish I could just, if I could just encourage you, I just want to say wherever you're on your journey, Just keep doing these things. Keep gazing. Keep looking. Keep reading. Keep inquiring. Keep praying in the Spirit. Practice your meekness, your humility, and and just keep practicing these things. In your journey, you're going to find that that spirit man of fire begins to be larger and larger and larger and larger in your life. I have lots of little scriptures here. Let's just say what, see what he wants to do. Because somebody might be thinking about lunch. They would be in the... Yes. 
Yeah. That's funny, isn't it? <laughs> it's so funny. Let's see. Holy Spirit, this one. Okay, here we go. Um, I've been thinking about this scripture for a little minute. Um, I think he's saying, I really don't want you to deny my power. And so all these things that we're talking about, I think that his heart is really saying, don't deny the power of me. Don't deny the power. Whenever we're functioning in that soul in a high degree, not making it, not weaning it so the spirit can be in charge, then we resist the power. We resist the word, we resist the promptings, we re resist the impulses. We override so much when we are not depending on, relying on, being fully um, confident of grace. Grace is the sustainer. Grace is Jesus. Grace is the person of Jesus stepping down and saying, okay, because of me, we have all of this available. How much do you want to participate with? And so we don't want to do it outside of him. We want to do everything. We've got to learn how to access grace more, to depend on that more, to ask for that more. Because it's there. Uh, 2 Timothy 3, Timothy 3, 1 through 3. Uh, in the last days, there will be a culture of stress and trouble. People will be lovers of themselves, self-focused, greedy, arrogant, ungrateful, Unholy. Let me just throw in there. Do you know how often ungrateful and unholy are tied together? There's, I can tell you a lot of scriptures, but they're unthankful, ungrateful is connected to unholy. So think about what grateful and thankful and appreciation. Oh, Jesus, you're amazing. Wow, I don't even know everything that you've given me. But man, I really do want to discover it. You know, as, I mean, cultivate that too. Cultivate that thankfulness because if you don't, you're going to find yourself conditioned to not being able to see anything good. Ungrateful, unholy, they will be unloving. That sounds like an insensitive heart that we already talked about. See how we can start somewhere and life can whittle away at us and we don't manage it enough and we pick up these wrong mindsets and we don't deal with events that happen that we begin to be insensitive, that our heart begins to be insensitive. We don't, we don't want to get there. Hmm. Lovers of pleasure, which is body and soul, Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Loving God is your protection. Loving God is your safety. Loving God is your, should be your high pleasure. 
Loving God is the high watermark. Holding, here we go. Holding to an outward godliness of religion, it's an appearance. It's something that I'm doing just outwardly. I'm appearing to be holy. I'm appearing to be righteous. The way I talk, oh, you know, the way I just, oh, bless God, I'm highly favored. You know, do you really mean that? Are you connected to that? Is your heart celebrating that? Or are you trying to exude a false you? That's a form of godliness and it's gross. Don't do it. You can have the authentic. So don't be doing that. That is not, whew, that is dangerous. Don't do it. They're trying to portray a form of outward godliness, which is really religion, trying to appear like their heart is good. Although they have denied its power. Their, their conduct nullifies the claim of their faith. Whew, that is really good. I've been on that. I'm just saying there's something that he's saying that your faith in me should be authentic and genuine, that you should be able to uh, show forth my power. And it's not fake. It's the real me. So maybe we could give up the inauthentic for the authentic. They have denied its power. Wow, think about that. Do you know your soul has the ability to deny your spirit? Talk about needing to renew that thing. It can deny your spirit. Right? And it's easy. It's like, okay, so-and-so's in trouble. You get a prompting of the Holy Spirit. Uh, go pray right now. And you're, and you're like, oh, I'm in the middle of this show. I, you know, I don't, it can deny. Your soul can deny the Spirit. It can deny its ability to have power functioning in your life. I don't want to deny the power. He's really saying something. This is a time of power. This is a time of my power. This is a time for you to be authentic with me and to really function from that rightness with me that displays power. And so I'm just saying that's, I really believe there's something on that for whoever wants to look into that and pray into that a little bit more. That there's something that he is saying right now about the way we are doing our process. We really want to look at who's in charge and we really want to grow in our pursuit of weaning the soul so the spirit can have more influence into our soul, managing our body and displaying himself to the world. There's something on that. Don't let your process or your management of you right now, the way that you're doing it, deny the power of me that wants to function in you.
So let's stand up. If you kind of want to be included in this prayer of what I'm about to pray, you can put your hand on your heart. Just pray in the spirit. So, Papa, I thank you that you've given us everything. Your word says that you have given us everything that pertains to what we need in this life and what we need to be godly. So right now, we just say that that's alive in us. I have everything I need in this life and everything to be godly, to obey you, to love you, to serve you, to display you, to represent you. So I just speak over people's processes. Holy Spirit, right now I invite you to come and take us on a journey. We're just saying, I'm ready for a new journey with you. Can you say that? I'm ready for a new journey with you. I want to go to new places with you. I want to see new things. I want to discover you more. I want to be in awe. I want to gaze on you. So I just release right now, those who will participate, I just release right now a divine ability to gaze longer, to gaze deeper, who to really truly see in the depths of you new things. I just speak new things, new things, new things, new things, new things. And right now, we just, I just ask that your Holy Spirit of grace would be on the way that we do every day, morning, noon, and night. Oh, Holy Spirit, we're just saying we need your grace. We want your grace to rest on us, your people, morning, noon, and night, that we would do a process with you that would develop just this fire of your spirit and give it access to the world through us. So I just, I just thank you for your people today. I thank you for their heart. I thank you that you're changing the way we're thinking. You're not mad at us. You just want to free us. And so I thank you that you've given us everything we need. So thank you for that fresh baptism of your Holy Spirit today. Thank you for getting to drink of your presence today in such a beautiful way. Thank you for all the meeting places that you have and you set up with us and with you so i just speak more of those more 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 if you will come away if you'll draw near to me i will draw near to you i just declare we'll find you in the place that we're look for you teach us how to look teach us how to look holy spirit teach us how to look teach me how to look holy spirit yeah just say holy spirit give me the grace to wean my soul and develop my spirit. I don't want to deny your power. I want to display your power and give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.